0: You know what? Let, let's go with it. Everyone, are you serious? This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop, and laughing in the background is my uh, my friend and, and co-host, Marina Finnelli. How are you, Marina?
1: I'm doing just great.
0: Uh, anyway, this is the Good Dog Workshop podcast, your podcast for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong, ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. We appreciate you being here. Um, we are continuing on our countdown of myths this is number five.
1: In the countdown. In
0: the countdown, um, which actually we're going uh, up. I don't no, know. you almost went up. It always, it we're going down, though. Me. Anyway, we've done, <laughs> we've done 10 through 6, so this is the next one, number five. And this one is the myth of letting the dogs figure it out. Meaning yes. you, have, you have a multi-dog household or a friend's dog comes over with their dog. Friend, A friend comes over with their dog, and you say, yeah, the dogs will just figure it out. No. Well, <laughs> No. No, don't do that.
1: Or you have a yeah, like you said, multi-dog household and you think that they'll sort out their hierarchy, one of them is going to be the alpha and we just watch like it's the zoo.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Lord of the Flies. It ends up oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes it ends up not being good.
1: It doesn't go very well. Um and we came up with this myth in particular because I was visiting um one of my best friends in Newport News, and he has three doodles. Oh, right. I know, three Mm -hmm.
0: doodles. (laughs) That's a lot of doodleage.
1: It's so much doodling. Um, But the the youngest one sort of came into his own, went through puberty, and um, started to just get into these tussles with the older male. So Mm -hmm. there's a female and two males. And the two males started... Fighting and actually, um,
0: and there was a quite a bit of age disparity between the two males, right?
1: Correct, yeah. So it really happened when, um, the young puppy became a teenage age, mm-hmm. like past six months, yeah, right? Um, and I personally think that what happened was the older male was just kind of being too intense about his corrections and asserting his dominance. In an excessive way to the puppy. And the puppy grew up and became frustrated with that.
0: And was tired of having to put up with that. Right. Yeah.
1: And the reason that happened is because my best friend thought, oh, well, you know, it's good. He's going to put him in his place. He's going to help me raise this puppy. He should be dominating him. But he didn't realize how excessive it was. And he didn't take a pack position over his male dog right this is also his favorite dog i think it's fair to say oh,
0: oh yeah okay so that certainly makes a difference for for a lot of us
1: so when i visited um i was explaining a lot of it to them and showing them the body language how to break them up how to tell them to knock it off and how to be the pack leader you know my job <laughs> <laughs> it's okay they fed me um, <laughs> and they said that everything i said made complete sense and they had just watched it happen and like, they thought it was cute. They they uh, used to think that two boys were playing hide-and-seek mm-hmm. because one of them would go and stand at the threshold of one room and they'd have, <laughs> like, this stare-off. The
0: standoff, yeah.
1: And the puppy would go around to the other side and the older dog would meet him there and they'd be like, oh, it's so cute. They're playing hide-and-seek. But the older dog wasn't letting the puppy out of this right. room. And they're like, it makes so much sense and... We just didn't even realize it was happening right in front of us. We're here laughing about it. Um, So I I think it's important to talk about this because a lot of our clients have also said, Mm -hmm. oh, we just let them work it out. We just let them work it out. And when you do that, they're going to work it out like how they do in the animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we tend to not like that.
0: Yes, we we tend to prefer more rules and more structure and certainly more harmonious living harmonious living that's better I was going to say that a very human word kindness but yes peaceful coexistence more harmonious living but the main thing here is we need to show our dogs that we're in charge of them because we're going to make better decisions for them for the most part in our human world if it was a dog world if it was strictly an animal world different different situation but, but you know we need to be keep our dogs safe from mm-hmm. getting out into the into the street we need to keep our dog safe from uh, you know a dog coming out of someone's uh, you know electric fence and and charging um you know all all the stuff that exists in in our human world
1: and in a dog world if they're going to work it out it's not going to always be pretty sometimes it's very ugly
0: yep sometimes yeah. there's going to be damage and sometimes there's even going to be death and and most people don't want to don't want to see that and experience that um
1: and that sounds harsh, but you've gotten phone calls like that
0: oh, before. Yes, yeah, it, it's been. It's unfortunate. It is a little heartbreaking to listen to the, some of those calls. But people say, you know, I've been I've been taken to court. Animal control call, call, came to my house because my dog got off leash and you know attacked another dog or bit a person or or you know whatever. There was one case where a, uh, a small dog was was killed. It wasn't because of the um, the dog that uh, that got off leash though. Um, and it's it's tough to. It's tough to help people with that because they're in an emotional state to right. to begin with, which tells me that they're probably they probably weren't demonstrating enough leadership to their to their dogs if they can get in an emotional state from from that uh, from that standpoint. So they may not have started their relationship with their dog from the um, right. from the proper uh, the proper stance of of leadership and and dominance to their to their dog but we we need to be in charge of of them because of like i said we're in charge of our world with with all the structure that we need we know the rules better better than they do and if we just let things slide they will figure out in their own ways and sometimes that's two dogs sniff each other and then move away from each other sometimes they'll just immediately go to play sometimes they'll immediately go to attack and other times Um, You know, one will go after the other and the other one won't fight back. And then you end up with with a a fight or a really bad, uh, uh, bad fight or, you know, damage or even even death. And it's so easy to prevent all that just by demonstrating some level of leadership, depending on the on the dogs and show the dogs you guys you know, don't get to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's figured out. It was decided. You walked
1: in on it. Right. Yeah.
0: Already figured it out as I'm in charge of of you guys and everyone on four legs is beneath me. Got it? Cool. Let's have a great time together. Yeah, no
1: one, no more thinking involved. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure off of their shoulders. And and, I mean, my friends are well-meaning people just like anybody. Sure. And as they're describing the situation with their pack, they're saying to me... They used to love each other, and now they hate each other. And I go, it's not even that. Yeah. It's just not even that complicated with them. They are still pack members. They're still brothers in the way that dogs are. And they're just trying to figure out which one of them is going to come up on top. Right. Neither of them should. Yep. They're not built for it. They're not meant for it. And as soon as one of you steps up, they'll figure out, that the argument is over. It's right. decided. Okay, we can continue to peacefully coexist. There's no hatred. It's just they need this leadership established and in place.
0: Right, and and it's not to say that when a dog put its, puts his teeth on another dog that it's it's never um, it, that it's not aggressive. Okay, the, it, it, it can it can be an act of aggression, but it's not an emotional thing. Um you know, if a dog is defending himself from, you know, being attacked, that certainly could, could be constituted as uh as emotional, but we always think of if dogs bring their teeth out then they're angry or they're or they're scared or whatever. No, that's generally not the not the case um but we need to to express to the dogs that we are and you know people use the term the big dog the alpha dog however you want to look at it the phrasing only matters to to us not the dogs but that we're in we're in charge of you guys you guys need to just settle down coexist and it's and we're not saying that there isn't a hierarchy in the pack oh right but they just need to understand that that you know our our pack rules are no fighting okay you yeah. you you know you can you can uh, move in front of this dog and and um and you know maybe block them out of the room or be dominant to this dog and and play, but you need to be fair about it and you don't get to fight about it and those are those are my kind of two basic rules in the in the household here, and it makes everything so much easier and for for you and I, marina, when Sailor and Red, when they've gotten into a few scuffles or, or about to get into once a few scuffles, once every
1: three months. Yeah,
0: we have to remind them, hey, you two don't get to do that because if we just let them work it out, they would definitely draw blood and probably it end would up...
1: go on a while between those two. I think.
0: Yeah, I think I think without without us inter- intervening, I think Sailor would definitely push, continue to push harder, and and Red is not is not looking for trouble. Um, and I think he would he would realize that this isn't isn't what that I what I've trained him to do, and so he would he would call himself off. I think um, earlier, and that's not to say anything negative about Sailor. Oh but yeah, just, yeah, but Sailor kind of once once he gets into it, he he would go.
1: I've just never. He always puts up his teeth like. What is that in sword fighting? Parrying. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you're blocking. Yeah. Um, it's like that, but I've never seen him submit. Right. to a dog. Mm-hmm. Ever. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not
0: something we we want to test, but it is something we do want to find out. So we yeah. kind of have to have to walk that fine fine line as as trainers as behaviorists to figure out. Okay, can we learn more about this dog and do it in as safe a manner as possible? Um, you know, with without without too too much concern here, because we want to know what what Sailor's you know or any dog's upper upper limit is, what they're likely to do, so that if we Are distracted by, you know, working with another dog or, you know, something comes by in the road or or whatever it may be that we know that, okay, I got to get back to my dog right away because there, something might, might pop off here.
1: I think even the greater point too is that what you and I do is not natural for these dogs. It's not natural for two packs to just like come, one come into the other. Into the coexist. Others, other's
0: territory and then coexist from the, from the get Especially
1: go. when you have a dominant male and a dominant male. So because we ask them to do that, you and I have to be on top of it. If we just let them figure it out, it would be no good. Yeah. A- and same when I go and visit my best friend. Right. Sailor is much more confident than their dominant male and much more controlled about it. Right. But Sailor will sit behind me and he's like, you just let me know when. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Sasha actually did correct their male. Just in her way of everything needs to be under control. There has to be fairness. Right. I call it her sense of justice. Yeah. Because she is not dominant. And she just went and barked in his face because he was picking on oh, right, one right. of the other dogs in his pack. And he ac- he actually pinned her for that. Huh. But she'd do it again.
0: She's <laughs> like, that's unfair. You don't get to pick that's on the not videos. very nice.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what she's like. But But again... Me bringing my whole pack and then another whole pack is not normal. It's not how they would conduct their affairs.
0: Which is really interesting because I had never looked at it that way before. I, I mean, it's it's part of what we do with our clients on a, on a daily basis, is, and not just as you know, these are all of my dogs meeting all of your dogs in your house. We do it slowly, a one on one basis, and then we'll add the second, the third, and so forth. But but yes, bringing two packs of dogs together to share one territory on someone else's terms on our terms rather than their terms is is actually unnatural. I hadn't yeah. thought about that before.
1: And I mean my friends aren't my clients, so I just walk in with all three right. of my dogs. We usually go to the backyard and they they will kind of ask me nervously, "Do you think it's going to be okay?" And I go, "Oh, yeah." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm in charge, right?
0: Because because I'm in charge. That's that's what it comes down to. Is if if we're in charge, it will go fine. If it if we're not in charge, it probably likely will have some hiccups or some bumps in there, or or worse. Yeah. But what I think is so interesting about this is when when you come over, or when when I go go to your house or clients' houses or whatever, um, especially you know with repeat clients. We do this so regularly with them that they get used to okay, new territory, new smells, new dogs still have to look to my person, yep, and they don't get to they don't get to react. so I think oftentimes when I'm bringing bringing red and Vivian and Ariel to a client's house, they start off much calmer and much slower than normally because you know i'm in I'm in work mode, so I'm presenting something different to them, but they also understand, okay we know what our role here is even though it's uncomfortable but they're they're um they're demonstrating i think a high level of self-control
1: i think that they get comfort from knowing you know what what to do
0: Right. absolutely
1: it, they're like i don't have to figure it out it's not my job it's not my problem to solve right. i'm just going to look to this person and they're, they'll tell me um i have one more little anecdote that pertains to this um another one of my clients and um acquaintances had uh, a black lab mix and she's been having some trouble with leash reactivity and I think she thinks a lot of it comes from this shared experience her and her dog had where she was walking him into the dog park and there was this dog kind of guarding the gate gate and, and barking at her dog and she said she had the thought, oh, well, if I just open the gate, it'll stop barking and they'll work it out. And I get it. I mean, you see the videos on line of barrier bravery yeah, and you remove the barrier and the dogs are like, Oh, we're cool. Yeah. But that's not what this was. And they just instantly got into a fight. And, uh, I I think it's just as much her having gone through this experience as her dog. But she said ever since he's had this like leash reactivity, it's Uh, getting a lot better. But she said, I was so ignorant because I thought they were just going to work it out. Right. And and I think that the dog park is, Similar to me bringing my pack into your home, all these
0: packs have to share the same space chilling out together
1: yeah. um and that's not normal for them and it's and- it's good for them, but that's why you have to take a leadership position instead of being like totally switched off in the dog park
0: right and and also one one more point to that is at a dog park the the anxious or nervous or fearful dogs know that they don't have an escape route. They're penned in by the barriers of the, of the Mm -hmm. fence. And so that could make a dog more nervous to, to begin with. Um, But yeah, just, just like a lot of people out there, a lot of trainers out there don't like the dog bark. (coughs) Excuse me. I see that it's, it can be, you know, problematic for a lot of people, but I also think for that, for that reason, it's actually an excellent training tool, you know, for ourselves to work on our own confidence, but also to, to train our dogs. This is what we do when we walk into a new territory, whether there's one dog or 20 dogs or, or or whatever we always start, you know, being calm, submissive and respectful. And I will let you know if you get to get excited from there. Yes. So I think, I think that the, you know, the dog park is a, is a great, like everything else. It's a great tool as long as you use it properly. Right.
1: So. So, so essentially the takeaway from this is don't let your dogs work it out. Establish hierarchy. Uh, over your dogs
0: be in charge of them not the other way around exactly yeah
1: well i i think it's um different from that it's not that um my friend's dogs are in charge of the humans necessarily it's more like they're separate
0: oh, be oh. in your dog pack right
1: don't don't coexist with your dog pack be part of it right yeah that's a, that's a good that's way takeaway. yeah
0: that's a good way to put it okay so, well cool. Um glad we got to talk about this. Uh, oh this actually kind of ran a little bit longer than I than I thought, but this was this is a good topic. Okay. Um so as usual any of our uh, our listeners out there feel free to uh, to comment on this.
1: Yep. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And please help us spread the word by giving us a five-star review and telling your friends to listen and subscribe to our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out our videos on YouTube. This has been Brian and Marina with Good Dog Workshop. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks. Take care.